need to show up next week. All right? I'm going to have a message on strength. I never knew it before. And that's part of why I'm so excited about this because it, I'm, it's amazing. It is just totally amazing. And I thought Diana was going to squeal on it today when she was talking about strength, but she didn't. She held back. So, and don't do it next week during worship either. I know, I know, I know. But you were like right on the edge, honey. All right, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Isn't that awesome? In other words, this is for everybody. What, what Jesus did was for everybody. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your race is. Doesn't matter what your face looks like. He did it for us. Hallelujah. And you made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Verse 11. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads, of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Isn't that awesome? Now, we're going to look at those this morning and next week as well. We're going to take these in order until we come to might, and then we're going to have to skip over that because that's next week. Because it's just too good. It can almost stand alone. It's, it's so incredible. But they're saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. And then he lists these seven things. Okay, I just want to encourage you this morning. We're going to go through them, but we're going to go through them with in this order, except for Mike. And we're going to look at what Jesus did and how his blood was shed seven different places on his body, which represent these seven things. Is God not awesome? Mm. All right, so the first one. To receive power. Jesus, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, please. Jesus shed blood from his feet when they pierced them with nails, giving us power over the enemy. And power speaks of dominion over the devil. Now, I'm taking these in the order that John wrote them in Revelation, not in the order of the blood that was shed, but you, you'll get it all. All right. 
So in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says this. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I just love this, because they're all excited about what just happened. You know, he sent them out. They're all excited. And he says this to them. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I mean, it's like, okay, it's no big deal. I'm great. Y'all had a good time. But listen, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all, if I say all, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Isn't that awesome? But he gives us power. He gives us the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And treading on serpents and scorpions is something that you do with your feet. All right? And the piercing of Jesus' feet and the shedding of his blood from his feet Gives us power over the enemy. Isn't that awesome? I mean, like, what a way to start this off. And, and by the way, all of these things that Jesus received, these seven things that he received, these seven areas of his blood being shed, okay, he receives these for us. They're for us now. Whatever he has, they're for us now. So this power that he received, Yes, it's for him, but it's for us. He shed his blood for us that we would be able to walk in this power. Mm, mm, mm. So if you are a born-again believer, the enemy is also under our feet. Isn't that great? All right, the second one, wealth. Jesus shed blood from his left hand as they drove the nail through it on the cross, bringing provision to us in our blood covenant rights that Jesus secured. In Proverbs 3.16, and you don't necessarily have to turn there, they're going to come up, but if you want to take note, Proverbs 3.16, long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Now she's talking about, or the writer's talking about wisdom here. And, but this is ours now because of Jesus' sacrifice. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Isn't that great? Alright, so the left hand, the left side in Scripture represents the side without favor. The side without favor. Okay? Until, everybody say until, until the blood of Jesus. Woo! Now it's the side of riches and honor. Okay? So in wisdom's left hand is riches and honor. It speaks of prosperity, but it's also knowing how to um, appropriate the blessing with honor that it comes. Jesus released the blessing of wealth, riches, and honor 
when his blood was shed from his left hand. And so not only does God want us to walk in that, but he wants us to have wisdom to be able to walk with, to be able to handle our finances, to be able to know what God is. God wants us to do and to be faithful with it. That we don't have to be a people who live in lack. Now, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you're going to have wealth and riches. You have to learn God's ways and his principles. But it's open to us because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ in his left hand. Number three, wisdom. Oh. I want to encourage you, just do a study on your own of wisdom. Because I don't have enough time to be able to share it, but this is, it's amazing. It's so powerful. Um, you're in Proverbs, if you go to verse, or chapter 14. When we're talking about wisdom, when they placed the crown of thorns on Jesus' head, and his blood flowed. It was for us to be able to have the wisdom of heaven, the mind of Christ. We started this at Philippians chapter 2. And Paul's urging us, have that mind of Christ, which is ours in Christ. This is what we're supposed to have. It's available to us by the blood when they put the crown of thorns on Jesus' head. In Proverbs 14.24, it says this. The crown of the wise. The crown of the wise is their wealth. But the folly of fools brings folly. Proverbs 9.10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And the fear of the Lord is not just knowing that he exists and having an attitude of reverence towards him, but it is living a lifestyle of reverence towards him, knowing that he is God, you aren't. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but we have to begin to cultivate that wisdom, to grow in that wisdom as well. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And so we need to take advantage of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, including in the area of wisdom. There's no reason for us to be stupid all of our life. I'm happy to inform you of that. That didn't go over well, but I'm telling you, you do not have to stay stupid. If you do, it's from your own choice. It's because you're refusing to walk in God's ways. And how much more do we need the wisdom of God in this society today? And God offers us more and more wisdom and understanding and knowledge because of his shed blood when they put the crown of thorns on his head. There is the wisdom of this world, but that's not what God is speaking of here. He's speaking of his wisdom. 
And he's speaking of the wisdom that is higher. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of heaven. If you want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're not going to read it all, but in this chapter, really starting about verse 17 and going to the almost the end, verse 30, he, he's comparing the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God. We're going to look at it here in just a section that has always meant a lot to me. And, and, and if we understand this, it's amazing what God will be able to do with us, in us, and through us. 1 Corinthians 1.22 says this, For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called believers, both Jews and Greeks, so it doesn't matter where you're coming from, but if you're called, if you're believing, Here's what it is. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. What I am so grateful for is that I don't have to come up with my own wisdom. <laughs> All I have to do is sit at His feet, learn from Him, learn from His ways, and He gives me wisdom. When I seek Jesus then He gives me wisdom. Can it get any better than that? I mean, like, I, I've always said, I don't have to know how to build the rocket ship because God already does. But if He wants me to know, He'll let me know. He's got all the wisdom that we have need of. Let me read verse 25 just to encourage you. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So in our minds, we make God not real smart. How many times do we hear when people want to go into sin and they want to use the Bible to justify it. It's like, well, there's a cultural shift here. And God just, He doesn't understand the way things are now. And it may have been okay for them back then, but it's different today. No, it's not. No. So as wise as you think you are, that is nothing compared to His weakest set of wisdom, which I don't know what it is. I don't know that He is weak in wisdom. is still greater than ours. And the funny thing is, is we're going to explain God with a peanut-sized brain compared to Him. I don't know how He does it, but I sure am glad He does, and I don't have to. I'm glad that I can lay my head down at night and I can go to sleep and not have to worry about things. It's very seldom that I don't have a good night's sleep. Because I... I have learned that God can do a lot while I'm sleeping. He can fix a lot of the things in my life and in your life and everybody else's life 
while I'm getting my eight hours in. That's a good life. So finding Christ and then seeking Him more and more gives us wisdom. And Isaiah, you can turn there, Isaiah 55. Isaiah tells us that God is inviting us upward. He's inviting us to a new way of thinking. And I, I love this scripture. This is one of my favorites. Isaiah 55, verses, we're going to read a little bit more, 6 to 9. And you'll know which one's my favorite. You'll, you'll remember. Isaiah 55, 6. He says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Okay, so there may be a day in your life when you can't find him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Wow. Let him return to the Lord. You know, it's amazing how we think we're so wise. And we're not. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. That the Lord, that the Lord would have compassion on us. When we repent, it's amazing. God has compassion on us. That he may have compassion on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon So you sin, you messed up. Well, I'm going to hear you tell you, there's the blood of Jesus. And when we confess, He remembers our sins no more. They're from, as far as the east is from the west. Our battle is, is forgetting them like He forgets them. You know, we keep reminding ourselves of them and we keep trying to disqualify ourselves with Him and he's like, what are you talking about? Verse 8. Here it is. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's the invitation that God offers to us. I don't have to keep thinking like I'm been thinking. I don't have to keep thinking like the world. I don't have to keep trying to figure things out. I can just seek God and trust Him and find His wisdom. And He'll cause my thoughts to become higher. He'll cause my ways to become higher. Isn't that good? Man. And you know, I've shared this with you before. It's worth reminding you. I would rather have my thoughts from God about you than my thoughts about you. And I want you to have His thoughts about me than your thoughts about me. That goes both ways. And God offers us the opportunity. He's inviting us to rise above the ways of this world and the wisdom of this world and to hook on to His ways and His thoughts that are so much higher and so much better than ours. Mm, mm, mm. 
1 Corinthians 1.30 says this. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you time to turn there because I want you to see this in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 1.30. This is just... This may set your feet a dancing. You don't have to get up and do it, but I, I, this is gonna be, if this doesn't get you thinking and moving, nothing ever will. First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom. Wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Because we're in Christ, God has become for us our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. Why? Verse 31. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? And this is after, you know, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where we read earlier. This is about when he's talking about the, the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of the uh, Jews, the wisdom of the Gentiles. It's nothing compared to the wisdom that God has for us. And he has made it for us. Who became to us wisdom from God. I'm, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be stupid all your life. You don't have to keep doing stupid things. People may tell you you're dumb, but you can rise above that. You can answer the call of the higher calling that God has for us. And we can think his thoughts. We can, th we can know his ways. Turn with me to James chapter 1, please. James chapter 1. Verse 5. This is just so amazing to me. James chapter 1. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Isn't that awesome? Yes, he gives it. He is our wisdom. He didn't send Jesus to die for us, to shed his blood, that we could remain stupid for the rest of our life down here. He did it so we could have the wisdom of God. And that doesn't mean just having spiritual wisdom, but that means having wisdom for, the, for the, living in this world. Not that we're becoming like them, but we're... We, we have wisdom when we operate in the world. James chapter 3, please. James chapter 3. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Isn't that amazing? 
So when we have the wisdom of God, we also get to walk in the power of meekness. Because we're not arrogant. We're not trying to tell everybody everything. We're trusting in God. But he's going to compare the wisdom of God and the wisdom of this world. And see if you can see the wisdom of this world in the world today. All right. It won't be hard to see it. All right. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. But is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. And now he's going to describe it in a greater measure. All right. This is what earthly wisdom looks like. Okay. It's unspiritual and it's demonic. But verse 16 now. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Do we see that in the world? Do we see the jealousy of the world? Do we see the, the selfish ambition of the world and how it wants its own way? It's demanding of its own way. It has no regard of what God has done and what He has created us to be and His plans and His purposes for our lives. It's all about us. It's all about me. And that's what we're seeing in the world today. And because of that, there's so many arguments, there's so many evil things that are going on. People are losing their minds over this because they think they are so wise and they're not. They think that the ways of the world are going to elevate them and then when they walk in it, they're disappointed because it cannot satisfy them. Only when we walk in what God has created us to be and to do Will we be satisfied? Only the wisdom that comes from above will bring us peace. You're not going to find peace trying to walk in the wisdom of the ways of this world. I'm sorry, try as hard as you want. You're never going to find the peace that comes from the wisdom from above. And that brings me to verse 17. James 3.17 But the wisdom from above is first. Everybody say first. I, I just love the way James writes. Is first pure. Mm. Then peaceable. Gentle. What happens when you disagree with the world nowadays? They call you haters. They call you all kind of names. They... they send you things, and they put you down as much as possible because you don't agree with their ways. Well, guess what? I'm not going to agree with your ways if your ways don't agree with God's ways. You're not going to convince me. I have walked with God too long to know that His ways are so much better than the ways of the world and my ways. And I don't choose my ways. I'm choosing His. Now, if you want to live without Him, that's fine. You go right ahead and do it. But I'm not going to. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. 
I mean, you can't even reason with this world anymore. That's how much they've lost their minds. You can't conversate, have a conversation with them anymore because they are so judgmental. Full of mercy and good fruits. <laughs> Impartial and sincere. That's the wisdom that comes from heaven. And so you know, just from these descriptions, what's in the world isn't from God. And then Proverbs 24. Verse 3, Proverbs 24, 3 says this. By wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established. He's speaking of God's wisdom. Diana recently found this and we have it in our living room hanging in our, on our wall now. Because I'm telling you, we have walked in God's ways. We have walked in His wisdom. And we are so grateful for the outcome. God has been so good to us because we have decided that we're going to walk in His ways. And we can have this wisdom because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ when they put that crown of thorns on His head. All right, we're going to skip over might. We'll look at that next week. In some of your Bibles, it may even say strength. But we're going to look at this because it's amazing. And I, I will tell you, we may even take communion next week. It's going to be so awesome. But we're going to look at number five, honor. And I think this is a good one to close with because we looked at this before. So honor is released to us as they pierced Jesus' right hand with the nail they drove into the cross and His blood began to flow. Again, out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Long life is in her hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. And so, we looked at the last part of this verse earlier. About the left hand and the riches and the honor, the wealth. But here he says, Long life is in her hand. Honor. The right hand holds the promise of long life. And within this long life is the understanding of honor. Not just a long life, but an honorable life. Okay. And so it's ours. As Jesus shed his blood from his right hand. The right hand represents blessing and favor. And so the promise that we will find favor because we will have the wisdom to live in the victory Jesus paid for. We will be able to fulfill the destiny that He has planned for us living a long, honorable life full of honoring Him and blessing these are ours. Jesus has received them. They're ours. There are seven things 
And, and they represent the seven areas of the bleeding, the shedding of Jesus' blood. If you'll stand with me, please. Now remember, I, you have to go back and listen or do something to get all of this. But remember, Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus and God the Father and, and God the Holy Spirit all agreed that this was going to be the way that God redeems us. He was going to give man the freedom to choose, which meant that he had the freedom to walk in sin and he chose sin. But God had a plan to bring us back. And not only to bring us back, but to bring us back in fullness. As we've been going through this, what is so amazing to me is how incredible God is. He's so incredible. Much, I mean, I always knew that he was incredible, but when we are going through this, it's just amazing to me how much he really is incredible. I do not know how he does it. I don't. But I sure am glad that he does. I sure am glad that he's incredible. I, I sure am glad that he had a plan from the very beginning. Before he made any man, him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit knew what was going to happen. And in their mind, it was a done deal. It was sealed for us. And then God just methodically starts working his plan. Mm. Mm. And I just want to encourage you. If you need strength. Physically, emotionally, mentally. Thought wise. Spiritually. You need to be here next week. Or at least be able to hear it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us like you have. Thank you for offering to us the things that we need of this world. And that Jesus secured them by the shedding of his blood. And he is so worthy to receive these. Because we need them. And as we find Jesus, as we search and draw near to him, I thank you that you begin to uh, reveal these things to us. And I thank you that his blood was shed in seven, seven different areas, giving us all of these. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us like you have. And Father, I pray that you would be glorified and honored with our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. All right. Have a great week.